Hello and welcome to livealittlehigher.com. This week we continue learning Hodot Halevavot, Duties of the Heart, and we're in the chapter of the Gate of Trust in Hashem of Bitahon. And the sixth fear concerns reward in both worlds that is created by your actions in this one. So reward for actions in this world can occur in either world or in both. Look, can whatever you do <clears throat> that is um, in the name of God, Torah, learning Torah, doing mitzvot, anything that you do has a reward. There, Hashem created a world in which there's cause and consequence. This is the system. And there's some reward that will come to you in this world, and there's some reward that will come to you in the world to come. So the Torah is actual, actually vague on the subject of the reward. We, we're not very in tune with, if you do this, this is your reward. It, it's very vague in this uh, subject. It does not make clear the specific reward for the mitzvot, and in the way that it makes clear that the consequences for the Avero. So, it's interesting because at this moment in the class of the Pirkei Avot, of the Ethics of the Father, we're learning these Mishnas in chapter 5 that talk about the consequences of when you don't keep Shemitah here or the consequences when the justice system is flawed and all these and there are precise consequences to our actions. So, but here what it's telling us, Rabbi Pakuda, is that the other way around, the, 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 the rewards are not so clear-cut. And we find that the Torah will mandate that a specific avera or sin should be punished with capital punishment and another will be punished with corporeal punishment. Others are uh, decreed, uh, is death decreed by heaven that is, and there's karet when the soul is completely disconnected from the Jewish people. And we see that Moshe made no mention of uh, at all of the reward or punishment given in the next world for several reasons. So one reason is that we have no ability to properly conceive and understand what existence is like for the soul once the divorced from its body. So we have no idea what is an, a, a godly existence in the, in the upper realm. We have no idea what that means. We, we don't know, we don't have recollection of that. So it follows that we have no concept of what consti constitutes ple pleasure or pain in the next world. Like we know what pain is in this world because we have emotions, so you can have mental anguish, you can have mental pain, or you can have physical pain from your body or, or emotional pain. So. In this world, as we are made up, we understand what pain means. But in the world to come, the, the, once we're up there, when we're out of this world and we're on the Olamaze, eh, in the Olamaba, I'm sorry, we have no concept of what it means to live as a soul. So we don't know what pain is for a soul. So, the, so it says here, that, for example, he said to Yehoshua, the Kohen Gadol, I will give you a path between the two groups, angels and seraphim, who are standing here, but this would not occur while he was still part of this world. And Hashem was hinting to Yehoshua that he would be given this path after his death and would return to a state similar to that of the angels. So in that state, the personality and self will not be an amalgam as it is now, or different conflicting components such as the Yetzer 
Yetzirahara and the Yetzirahatov. So you won't have an evil inclination and a good inclination. You're just a, a Neshama. You're going to be like an angel. So after death, one will be in a complete metaphysical state. If your actions in this world were good, they will have dis disconnected you from all physicality and you will essentially become a creature of light. So if you're a good person, if you live in this world as a, as a good person or you're trying to be a better person every day, you're going to be a, 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 a light. You're going to be a creature of light. If you're not this, then there's other situations for that situation. I'm not going to get into it because this is not what the rabbi is talking about. But the, what it means is that depending on your life in this world is where you're going to be when you get to where you're going to get. And from other sources that I've learned, it, it says that the pain of the world to come, really the per, is shame. That's the pain that a soul feels, is shame. Because when he's up there and he's able to see the whole picture and he understands the purpose of his creation of why he should have been in this world and he sees his whole life go around and they show him a picture of who he would have become, what his potential was, and he wasted it, then that's the most painful thing for a soul is to see that he came to this world and he lost the boat that he didn't realize why he was here and he lost the opportunity to be able to be this amazing person. So there is another reason that Moshe did not address the subject of reward or punishment in the next world in the Torah. Ordinary Jews throughout the generations understood and related to this concept through the verbal explanations of the prophets. The prophets tailor their explanations to each generation's ability to understand them. So each generation has a certain capacity of understanding. Uh, there's a, a story in the Midrash that Moshe goes up to heaven and uh, God tells him go to the academy of Rabbi Akiva and he goes to the Ara academy of Rabbi Akiva who lived thousands of years after him and he was putting these crowns on, on the letters of the Torah and Moshe was very upset. He says, why is he putting crowns on the, on the letters of the Torah? Why didn't you tell me to do this when you gave me the Torah? And Hashem answered him because that was not for your time. You would have not understood, uh, understood them. But the people of that time would have never been able to understood what these crowns meant. In the generation of Rabbi Akiva, the people were in a level where they could understand. So more information was given to them. So the same applies to Rabbanim of each generation. That is why these concepts were not highlighted in the writings of the prophets. They would be relayed verbally in the terms that would be understood by the people of the, of the time. So another more prosaic reason was that the first generation of the Jewish people as a nation newly emerged from 210 years of slavery. You can imagine they were, they were so vulnerable, they were so broken, these people, that they were limited in their ability to understand such lofty concepts. So each generation that has gone forward has had more and more ability to understand Torah concepts. Like for example, Hasidut, 
the light of the Baal Shem Tov didn't come to us till almost 300 years ago. Why? Why did it have to wait so much? Because the people were not ready for this information. Today is the wellsprings of information. You get it everywhere, Hasidut. You have it in your phone. You have it in your in your in your in your computer. You have it in in websites. I'm teaching you Hasidut because it's it's the people today. This is what they're ready for. This is what we need. So Rashi comments: even if these judges are not equal to to the ones who came before them, you are still obliged to listen to them. You only have the judges of your own times. Rav Shlomo Wolbe points to a Mishnah where Benazai says, Do not disparage any person or disdain anything, for there is no person that does not have his hour, and there is no thing that does not have its place. So what he's saying is that everything has a moment in time, has its purpose, has its place, everything is at the right moment, everything is when it has to be. And everything, nothing is random, everything has purpose. So the time period in which we live determines precisely what sort of a person we will become and what our tests will be. So like Reb Susha, when he was in his deathbed, he was crying before dying and his students were like mind-boggled, like such a sadic, why is he crying? Why is he scared that he's gonna die? And he says, I'm not scared they're gonna ask me why weren't you like Moshe Rabbeinu? They're gonna ask me why weren't you like Reb Susha? So each generation has their own moment, has their own capacities, has its own abilities, own tests, and what, uh, what the, the, the Rabbi Pakuda is teaching us, us is that no two generations are the same. So we cannot judge, we cannot know our grandparents, what they had to struggle with, what they didn't have schools like we have today, like my grandmother, she didn't have the opportunity to learn like I'm learning in Syria. She was in, at home with her mother cooking. So each people have their own, their own um, their own test. So the midot are attributes of, of emotional attributes that need our attention most in our days are different from those of another generation, another time period. If we are born into this era, then we are equipped to overcome the temptations and tests of our times. So our grandparents didn't have our, our tests. This, they, they had not to deal with, with all these uh, selfishness and I generation, me, me, me generation. They were surviving. They were at a time in their lives where they were all surviving. They were in survival mode. So they cannot judge us because they never lived this type of, 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 of years. They don't know what it is to be a teenager in 2019 going into 2020. They, they have no idea what the challenges of a kid today. And we cannot understand theirs also. So the judges of our time understand your time. Those from a previous time would not. And Rav Shimshon Pinchus one said, when I go to Olam Abba, I will appear like a grain of dust on the sole of the shoe of someone like Rav Akiva Eger. However, I will still be able to say to Rav Akiva Eger, how many newsstands did you have to walk past when you lived? He had, there was no newsstands. He had no Yatsahara with the news. Today, we're bombarded by the news, by this fake news. So each generation faces unique and specific challenges, and the Rabbanim of the time, of each time, know what, what those challenges are and how to apply the Torah to those 
challenges. So we're limiting in the ability of our concepts. We're given what we need. We are where we are at the exact time doing what we have to do. And we have to live with our times. That's what it is. And the Torah is eternal and it teaches us how to swim, swim in this, in this tide, in this current. So I wish you a blessed week. Happy Hanukkah. And remember, live a little higher. Thank you.